Hey, what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting Visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the really big Barbecue Central Show. Yeah, it's a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on a Tuesday, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And this is where we do it each and every Tuesday. We're talking about live fire. We're talking about barbecue, grilling. If it has anything to do with those elements, you'll find it right here each and every Tuesday on the Mothership. The Barbecue Central Radio Networks, which can be found at thebbqcentralshow.com. You're watching the live video stream, if you are watching live video stream, on outdoorcookingchannel.com. And you always get the first hour syndicated over on the very first home of the show, latalkradio.com. So lots of places to find the show. In case you want to do that, you can always get the archives on iTunes, or you can go to the archives page on the bbqcentralshow.com and get the archives that are listed very, very quickly after the show comes to an end during these 120 minutes that we have together. Once again, I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, you're more than welcome to do so. We have a toll-free 800 number. That's my dime for you to bring the show up a level. Kick it up a notch. 877 877- Four four eight zero four three three eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Make use of it. Maybe you've tasted a sauce. Maybe you've tried out some type of a product that you want to let every other centralite know about. I'm more than happy to put you up. You just got to string those sentences together coherently. Bring it strong. Don't bring the show down because I'll be very quick to drop that proverbial hammer on you. Tell you to beat it. You will be made fun of for the rest of your life. So make sure that you have your game with you if you're going to call in and contribute to the show in a positive fashion. Eight seven. If you don't want to do that, you can write down your take via email, which can be done at greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Greg 1G at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. And it's a big one planned for you each and every Tuesday. And here's what's happening. Coming up in about 11 minutes from now, he's a, I don't want to say an all-too-frequent guest to the show, but we have him on from time to time. He's one of the top pitmasters in the country, definitely top pitmaster when it comes to the New England-style section of the country. It's Chris Hart from IQ. We're going to be talking to him about going down the Jack Daniels again this year. A history-making Jack Daniels for him specifically, and we'll talk to him about that. So, Look for him in about 11 minutes from now. 35 past the hour, regular contributor to the show from About.com. Derek Riches will be joining us. We're going to be hitting at least three new items, one that we've actually had the inventor on 
uh, the show three weeks ago, four weeks ago now. Maybe it was even longer than that. The show goes by so quickly. Time flies when you're having fun here, folks, when we're dealing with smoke and barbecue and fire. Uh, and that's going to be the charbecue. So it'll be interesting to see Derek's take on that product. I think it's good. I thought it was a very good idea, a nifty idea. So we'll see what Derek thinks about it. But he'll be reviewing that along with two other items. Plus, he's got a potential help wanted thing that we're going to be talking about as well. Let's just say it involves barbecue. Let's just say that it involves Philippines. What? Philippines. What? Yeah, like the country. We'll talk to Derek about it. Don't worry. That's going to be 35 past the hour. Then we'll recap. And then in the second hour, we're going to be joined by monthly contributor to the show. Everybody's favorite back and forth guy. Amazingribs.com. Yeah, Meathead will be joining us, and tonight we're going to be talking about thermometers, different types, what makes thermometers thermometers, what the internals are like, what is better than the other. Are there thermometers that are better than other thermometers out there? He'll break it all down for us. We'll also talk about temperatures and why they're crucial and the juiciness and the doneness, all the different stages that we always talk about, we always hear about, and we don't really break down in an in-depth fashion. And, of course, Meathead is always here to do that for us each and every month, breaking something down in an in-depth fashion. We're usually trading barbs back and forth as well. Hopefully he got his microphone issue straightened out from last month. So that'll be Meathead for the second hour, plus your phone calls and emails, which, once again, can be taken at the BB, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Don't forget the in there, Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Or you can call in 877-448-0433. Perhaps you have listened to a number of the shows, either live or through archive. You've heard when Meathead has been on and you want to take him to task on something. Let me tell you something. Meathead is no pussy. He's not here to back down from anybody. He's ready to field phone calls and take uh, counterpoints of view if you are differing from his. I'm sure he'd be more than willing to take those marked out sides of opinion as well, which means that you side with him for those that don't speak Bubba speak. Sorry about that. Either way, if you want to jump in with Meathead, we'll, we'll mix you in. I have the ability to do three, four, seven, ten calls at the same time. We can all mix in and ask Meathead different questions. If you want to ask him about his website, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. A meathead always here to answer his public, the people that demand him. I get emails by the boatloads after he comes on once a month talking about they may differ with his opinion or who is this guy and he's a blowhard or Rempy, you don't know anything and you're countering his points with terrible counterpoints. And what it boils down to is it makes for a very good conversation. I mean, you can't argue the fact that Craig knows what he's talking about. Well, hit me because I said Craig. I mean, meathead. And we just like to go back and forth. That's what it's all about. So that's going to be the show. We got Chris Hart coming up shortly. We have Derek Riches rounding out just after half past the hour. And second hour, we have Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. What could be better than that? Look, folks, I want to tell you a little bit before we step out here briefly, and I do a read for the Barbecue Guru. There seems to, in this day and age, there is still racism running rampant in its most obvious ways and i was privy to it firsthand today at the day job so as i have said a few different times i'm a retail sales consultant for at&t and mentor which is a city east of downtown and my assistant manager is a black guy big black guy 
I would say intimidating if you didn't know him. I mean, he's pretty big in stature, plus he's a black guy. So inherently, uh, he's just got that look about him uh, of, of intimidation. He's a big guy, but very nice guy. And we opened up first customer of the day, 10 o'clock, turned the uh, locks open. And here comes a guy who is uh, wearing a, a black shirt with wording on it that says, it says like mafia for God or Goomba for Jesus. It was in, in its own right, very racially disturbing against Italians, but I'm assuming he was Italian and he was trying to make light of mafia for God, whatever the case may be. He just strolls right over, blows past me as I greet him. You know, one of those things, welcome to AT&T, sir. What brings you in today? Boom, blows right past me, goes right up to my boss, Eric, and says, are you 40 years old? This was his opening question. Are you 40 years old? And Eric kind of jumped back and said, "Uh, no, I'm not 40 years old at all. And without missing a beat, my friend, racist friend, looks at him and says, boy, you blacks certainly know how to hide their age. Uh, what? And the look to see just the emotion kind of run right out of Eric's face. Like, did this guy just reach into the racist paint bucket with the biggest, broadest stroked brush and just go ahead and paint right over (laughs) you black people i think the term you black people (laughs) is an is insulting enough uh but to do it right to the black guy and only black guy in the store i I don't know how you backpedal from that one nor did i think he was really looking to backpedal which kind of made it all the more disturbing i didn't know if he was going for a joke or whatever but the fact that just pure out blatant racism is still here and living well in 2011 is mind-boggling to me, which leads me to give you these gems of information. This has to do with it doesn't have to be just a race thing. However, we'll we'll stick with that vibe. If you're going to start a sentence with, I am not a racist, but you've immediately disqualified the fact that you're not a racist because whatever you're about to say is going to be racist. I don't want to offend you, but same thing. You're going to offend somebody. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, okay, well, you're just saying that you're offending people. Okay, so let's avoid sentences by qualifying, by disqualifying. I'm not a racist, but uh, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to be a racist. No offense, but you're going to offend somebody. All right. Words to live by, folks. Let's go ahead. Let's do our part. Let's make everybody happy and be excellent to each other here in this world. And you can be very happy, friends, if you visit the Barbecue Guru. They're makers of automatic temperature control devices. These are units that will attach to bullet smokers and stick burners. They even have them for electric cookers as well, like your Bradley smokers. And here's what they're going to do. You're going to go ahead. You're going to set a temperature on these automatic temperature control devices, these gurus. And through a series of fans and algorithms that I have no idea how they work, somehow through the magic of the barbecue guru, the pit temperature is kept right where you set it. So if you're a busy professional looking to put on a huge brisket before you go to work, and you're like, how am I going to tend this fire for the next 12 hours while I'm putting in time for the man 
The Barbecue Guru is the answer for you. Many different choose uh, models to choose from. You have a Procom 4 wireless unit. You can control pit temperature up to 600 feet away wirelessly. They have a CyberQ2 unit. They have a DigiQ DX unit. And then, of course, they have the entry-level version called the Nano-Q. I refer to that as the cruise control for your automatic pit temperature control devices. You set it, it adjusts in five-degree increments. It's an absolutely fabulous model. And then you're like, well, what if my beef or my pork cooks quicker than normal? Won't it overcook? Well, some of these units here, which you can consult with when you call in, they have the ramp mode. So once your beef or your meat or whatever it is you're cooking reaches your target internal temperature, it automatically realizes that they ramp the pit down into just a holding cell. So now you're st- keeping the meat out of the danger zone. It's not overcooking. It's wonderful. You can find them on the internet, of course, by going to BBQ Guru. That's BBQGURU.com. Or if it's your first time in, if you've never gotten a guru, I suggest lobbing a phone call through your cell phone or landline to 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Press sales. You can talk to Bob Trudnack or one of the many, many sufficient and well-educated salespeople over there, guru. Tell them the pit you got. They'll give you fan suggestions. They'll give you accessory suggestions. You will never have to be left tending another fire if you have other stuff to do and you still want to make great-tasting barbecue. It's the Barbecue Guru TheBBQGuru.com or just BBQGuru.com or call them toll-free 800-288-GURU. Chris Hart coming up next. Stand by. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back to the show. 14 past the hour. Chris Hart on the clock from IQ. Email Basic Patrick calling in emailing in the show. I think we got a little mojo at our first comp promoting the show with the Barbecue Central Radio Show banner. Had at least five people come up and tell us they love the podcast and two others that had never heard of the show. How they never hear of the show? Also this week, well, we're going to get into that. However, they placed fifth overall out of 30 teams. Patrick, no wonder you flew the friggin' banner. You have the Barbecue Central Radio Show banner. You fly that. Instant karma attaches. It's like Completely preposterous. You wouldn't know about that. Congratulations to Patrick. Trace over the hotline right now. We grab the pitmaster of IQ, Chris Hart, joining us here on the show. Chris, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. How are you doing? Doing absolutely fabulous, Chris. Always appreciate you making time out for the show. And, you know, as My I pleasure. met... Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's one of these unique things. I think we did this right about the, the time, this time last year. I'm getting a terrible noise in my... Here we go. Because uh, you were going down to the Jack Daniels, and we had kind of a back and forth between you and Rod Gray, uh, somebody who had not been or had not won uh, the Jack Daniels, who had been down. And, of course, you have won the Jack Daniels, uh, and this is going to be your 10th time going down this year. So mentioning that, 
Uh, you and the team make your way down to Lynchburg, Tennessee, next month for the 10th time in a row. Inevitably, this is widely considered to be like the event to win, not only during the course of a competition year, but sometimes, or something that every pitmaster wants to notch in their belt prior to calling it a barbecue career. And I know you've received an award from Nebs this past weekend for getting that 10th invite in a row. So how do you see it, and what did this award specifically mean to you? Oh, you know, it's just uh, to to be in the same uh, in the same ballpark as Johnny Trigg and uh, Myron Mixon and a couple of the guys that have been there ten years. Uh, it's just it's just cool, you know. It's just uh, uh, a neat honor, and uh, but mostly I'm just psyched to go back again. You know, I just it's my favorite contest. Period. You know, far and away my favorite contest. I would I wish it was like the Masters, and you could just get once you won it, you just got invited back every year as long as you wanted to cook it. Because I would just cook the jack every year till I was a hundred. You know, there was a vicious rumor circling around the interwebs, and of course, I believe everything I read on the internet that somehow because you had won before and it was your potentially tenth year qualifying, that if you were somehow picked, that you had then received a open invite for the rest of your life. That is not the case. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the case. The Jack, the Jack folks are pretty big on, uh, you know, teams need you know, to earn their way in in that contest year. So all that happened with my tenth uh, year was as soon as I qualified, as soon as I got my name in the hat, I just got an automatic invite in for this year. So I didn't need to go through any state draws or you know, all the you know the complicated draw system that they have for the Jack. Uh, I just got in for this year as soon as I won that qualifying Grand Championship, and I'm pretty sure after that I'm I'm just like everyone else, and I gotta I gotta earn my way back in uh, for year 11. All right now, are you winning the same event every year to qualify for the Jack? Um, no, I've I've won uh, you know in the. Earlier years, I had a nice run in New Hampshire, and I won a bunch of contests in New Hampshire. Uh, We won uh, Harpoon up in Vermont a couple years. Um, This year, I've won in New York. Um, so, I've, you know, Maryland, there's been a, there's been a variety of states that have, uh, we found our way in some years we've had just guaranteed automatics and other years we've been biting our nails on draw days and it just kind of, um, we just have had, uh, some good cooking and some good luck. Chris Hart joining us from IQ. The website, by the way, the letter I and then Q, Q-U-E, barbecue, the way I spell it, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, IQBarbecue.com. Chris, if you remove the win from 2009, is it still special to go? And perhaps I should explain that a little bit more in, in detail. I remember interviewing Myron Mixon a few years back, and he had been down, I think it was at that point, uh, year 10 or 11 in a row. And he had come close a couple times to winning. And I had said, has there come a point where you're like, damn, man, I've been down there so many times, still got nothing as far as grand champions are concerned. And is this thing ever going to happen for us? So before winning it in 2009, did there come a point going, you know, now 10 times in a row? Was there ever a point where you were like, you know, we've been down here a handful of times. Is this something we're ever going to be able to win? The year uh, in 2009 when I won it, uh, he came. Pre- I believe I beat Myron Mixon by one point. I, I'm guessing that he's still a little uh, <laughs> chafed about that. Um, he he came pretty close to putting another world championship on the side of his battle wagon, but uh, unfortunately that one lives up in Boston. So uh, he was close there, but not close enough. Um, and uh, as far as uh, kind of 
whether you kind of get sick of it or not. You know, barbecue, competition barbecue is a funny way. It's just right when you're on the edge of saying, I've had enough of this, you get that big, that big call. You get that big first place trophy at the Royal. You win the Jack. You win some big contest you've always wanted to win, and it sucks you right back in. So uh, that's the way it goes with this. Chris Hart joining us here on the show. There's a lot of great teams on the roster this year for next month. One could probably make an argument that this has to be one of the most compelling and competitive fields that we've seen in the past few years. IQ is cooking very well as a team this year. As you peruse the list, is there any teams that are jumping out at you as you're handicapping the field as potential favorites in your eyes? Yeah, I, I went. Uh, I went went through the uh, team list right when it uh, came out, and again today, and, you know, I, I I counted like twenty. You know, I stopped at like about twenty teams. And I said I would not be surprised if this team won the jack. I got up to twenty, and so there's a lot of teams that absolutely can do it. Um, Munchen Hogs of the Hilton jumps out at me. You know, anybody that can win seven in a year, particularly in a really tough region like he cooks in, uh, I would tip my hat to him and say he definitely has a chance. Uh, Chick Swine and Bovine, uh, a fellow uh, Jambo team, um, would be another team I'd call out. And then the third one I'd call out would be uh, Lakeside Smokers up in uh, the Boston area who have won, uh, I believe, four in a row up here, and they've been really dominating, very consistent uh, team. So those would be the three I'd call out. Chris, you made a statement last year that I remember vividly when we were talking uh, between you and Rod about uh, teams that have been down and haven't won, teams that have won. Uh, And you made the statement last year that unlike probably 95% of the teams, maybe even a higher percentage on the circuit, that you will change up recipes and flavor profiles fairly frequently during the year. You're not on like the set schedule like everybody else. It's not a set process for you guys each and every time. How does that work to your advantage? Well, it, 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 some days it can work to a, a, a big disadvantage, too. Uh, you can totally shoot yourself in the foot doing that. Uh, thinking you have, you know, it seems like a great idea on paper. And you're in your head, you're sitting on the couch at home. It's like, oh, yeah, that, that seems like a great idea. And if you don't practice it in advance when you're uh, you know, on site, it can kind of bomb on you. But um, I, I think you gotta, you got to, for me, you got to have a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of that pit master where you kind of um, kind of go with the flow a little bit and not be rigid. Um, and we always have that. And it can work both ways. If we hadn't had that, we wouldn't have won the jack because we were, we were on a kind of, we're kind of stale. Things weren't really working out. I changed things up, mixed it up, and uh, we kind of hit a groove right before the jack. That's the key thing: is that the team that's going to win is one that you know kind of hits a groove. Hits the teams get hot, and in the team that hits a kind of groove and maybe wins a couple contests leading right up to the jack and really starts hitting all four categories is a team that's going to have a good chance. Um, so that's what it's all about: is getting hot at the right time, just like the you know just like professional sports playoffs or whatnot got to be peaking at the right time so kind of to that point and we look at the jack and we kind of hold it as this holy grail of barbecue competitions it is not a sanctioned kcbs event like everybody else is cooking in you know the majority of the year these aren't necessarily i mean i guess you could make an argument that are certified kcbs but a lot of these people first time eaters not very experienced judging palates that you are particularly familiar with going up against uh, the kcbs events weekend in weekend out are you making any type of adjustments considering the the lack of palate experience in there or is that kind of overrated um 
I'm not really trying to make any. I'm just trying to cook all four categories spot on. I mean, there are there's tables in there that have a whole bunch of people like Mike Mills and Paul Kirk and uh, others who uh, have eaten a lot of competition barbecue and uh, are looking for one thing. And then you got the uh, the newscaster from uh, the Tennessee uh, you know, TV station who got sanctioned yesterday, and you got a mix, right? So you don't know what you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, I frankly prefer to get the newbie, to be honest with you, um, somebody that I can blow away a little bit easier. Um, but I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm not really making any major adjustments. I'm just trying to cook four consistent great barbecue categories. Chris Hart joining us, pitmaster of IQ. Again, the website, iqbarbecue.com, in case you want to check them out a little bit on the Internet. You know, Chris, I've been doing a lot of interviews over the past few weeks with teams that are heading down to the Jack this year, all of them saying that they will be cooking in a way that really has kind of brought them. You're going to dance with the one that brung you, in essence. And considering how you guys cook during the year, have you at all started to game plan for the Jack, or is it a wait-and-see type of thing? Are you going to look back at what flavor profiles worked at Jack's in previous years? How do you look at it and game plan for it? The game planning is a little bit less about like what I'm going to cook. I, you know, that's that's kind of um, a no-brainer. You know, I know my recipes. I know what I'm going to cook. The, the challenge is to try to um, uh, kind of pull it off so that you can focus. Is it how you know? So a lot of times we'll cook. Anyone, any of the competition cooks uh, listening know this, that you know, when you're just cooking kind of on a random day in your backyard, you'll cook the best brisket you've ever cooked. Or like a smaller contest where you're just kind of relaxed and you just do your thing, you're not too worried about it, you'll cook some of the best stuff you've ever cooked. And you're like, damn, why can't I cook it at that contest or at the Royal or whatever? So that's the challenge is how do you get yourself into a place where you can just relax and do your thing and get into your sweet spot while you're at one of the biggest co- barbecue contests in the world. How do you do that? And uh, that's all I'm thinking about. That's all my planning is about, is how to get myself and my team in a place where we can do our thing and not get all screwed up drinking too much or, uh, you know, get going to some party or whatever it is. Having the media come over and want to, you know, do an interview. You get just, just one thing after another. And the next thing you know, it's one o'clock in the morning and you haven't done something or whatever. So that's the key thing is trying to get yourself in the right place where it can be like a backyard contest and you're just doing your thing. One of the other things that always consistently seems to come up is the fact that you have to turn in white meat at the Jack. You've been down here a number of times. Are you now a, a tried and true believer in some specific type of white meat? Is it going to be wings? Is it going to be breast meat? What do you like? Oh, I don't I really need to give it out. Oh, you don't have to, but I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we've been we've last the last couple of years. We've done wings. We'll probably we'll probably stick with wings. Um, uh, you know, so there's the wings thing, and then there's and then there's also the challenge of uh, seven portions, and you put. You know, you know, you can kind of make a choice there with the white meat thing, as you can choose to focus your thighs, which probably most teams are cooking, and put a token piece of white meat in right, to meet the rules, or you can say, you can feature the white meat, and you can say, you know, you, you know, the rules are white meat, and I want every judge to have a piece of dark meat and a piece of white meat, and I and kind of be a little bit more bold like that, and uh, that's the way we go, is we're definitely, we want, you know, the rules are white and dark, and we want the judges to have one piece of dark and one piece of white, and that's, that's the way we're going to go. Chris Hart joining us from IQ. 
you know, Chris, you've had a, a very unique run, 10 years in a row down at the Jack. This will be the 10th year. Some teams never get to go. Some get drawn once. As someone who has been down there so many times, you've seen everything that goes on down there. For the first-timers that are heading down there next month, what advice do you have for them to make sure that they are getting the experience of the jack and hole, but not neglecting the reason why they're down there, which is to cook and try and win the jack? Because this could really be like the, the first and only time that they get down there. I mean, it's got to be tough. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a plan. You need to have a plan. You know, you, you need to you need to have your your cooking plan, and you need to stick to it. You know, we've had years where we've had no plan and just have gone down and partied, and and the results were uh, poor. And uh, the year we won, we had a very detailed plan, and we stuck to the plan, and you know that worked out. So you need to have a plan, and then you work in the various things you want to do. You got to go up on Barbecue Hill and have a a little uh, taste of Jack and, and the dinner they have up there. Uh, Miss Mary Bobo's is a great great thing to do. Go to the parade. So, you know, work a couple things in, but you really need to have a game plan and stick to it. All right. Great advice from a guy who's been down there a number of times. Um, kind of breaking away from the Jack Talk just here for a second. Obviously, American Royal coming up soon. And then I believe your next event is going to be this coming weekend at the uh, Sam's Club event in Pittsburgh. As, as you look to Sam's Club, how do you guys feel about your chances this weekend? I actually just uh, uh, dropped out of Sam's Club. Oh, Sam's Club you didn't update Friday. your uh, you didn't update <laughs> your website. <laughs> All right, so you're pointing yeah, to the and, royal. And, the re- and, here's, and the reason why is I didn't want it to distract from the Jack. Is that there's you know there would be Pittsburgh this weekend. If I did well there, there'd be Maryland. Then there would be the finals and. Uh, it was just too much for me to pull off and do well at the Jack. So uh, I pulled out of Sam's Club, and I'm I'm putting everything I got behind a good showing at the Jack. Is, is there no American Royal for you either then this year? No American Royal. Wow. I got a couple of warm-up events coming up. I'm doing uh, New Jersey this weekend, and I'm doing um, a small event in Massachusetts in a couple weeks, two warm-up events, and then I'm doing the Jack. All right, so uh, all attention, all concentration being uh, focused here on the Jack. That being said, and I've asked everybody that I've been talking to about Jack Daniels here over the last couple of weeks, the percentage of chance that IQ walks away with not even their first, but their second overall grand championship at the Jack Daniels World Championship Barbecue Cookoff. It's it's low. I mean, it's not a smart bet. You know, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put you know more than a hundred dollars on it. it, it but that's not, you know, my thing is I want to I want to stand there after the four categories goes in and we say we rock that. You know, that was that was excellent. Those were excellent entries, four excellent entries, and that's really my goal. And the chances of us winning are low. I don't know, you know, 10%. Uh, 10%. That seems you know, to lower. be like the the safe statistical bet to go with i believe three or, or four different pit masters have said 10 percent. i think one gave me a 15 and then out of nowhere last week the guys from motley q crew barbecue yeah, team that's, that's not surprising what did they say 100 percent chance that they will go down to the jack and win uh, do you think that they're talking out of their ass or are they just coming down with bravado and gusto like no other <laughs> No, no, no. They're sticking to their game plan. They're sticking to who they are. You know, their motto is go big or go home, and that's what it's all about for them. So they're playing their game. That's what they should do. <laughs> all right. So you're not going to go with the 100% also? I can't squeeze uh, it out. Absolutely not. No, but. no, I'm not. Uh, but uh, that's not, you know, I, I don't really think of it that way. But, uh, uh, you know, as a gambler, I would say we have a pretty low low chance of winning. But uh, uh, we'll see. 
Do you think that with all the years of experience that you have behind you that you have some type of advantage on anybody else, or is this that kind of a competition where it doesn't even play up? Uh, yeah, I think we definitely do. I think we definitely do. You know, we've we've had chances in the past to do much better uh, than we did, and we just kind of made stupid mistakes, you know, um, whatever they were. I don't really want to go into them all right now, but, uh, uh, you know, drinking too much, whatever it is. And um, uh, I think we, you know, we kind of hopefully figured some of that stuff out. I think we being there, one of the things is that we're not, We've done it all. We don't feel like we're missing anything. And I, I think it lets us kind of break from all the festivities and really focus on the cooking. And any, any team that's been there a few times can say, you know what, I've been to Barbecue Hill, I've done this, I've done that, and uh, I'm going to really focus on the cooking. And that's what, we, that's what our plan is. Chris Hart is the pit master of IQ. Again, the website, I and then Q, Q-U-E, barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, IQBarbecue.com if you want to check them out. Chris, always appreciate the time. I wish you nothing but good luck next month. And if you win, I'd like to turn you that following Tuesday so we can recap the event. I'm looking forward to talking to them. All right, Chris, take care. Thanks for coming out. It's Chris Hart. In case you need them, IQ Barbecue again is the website. I and then Q U E and then B A R B E C U E. IQ Barbecue.com. Not updated website, by the way. So don't look for him in Pittsburgh like I was this coming weekend. That happens. I mean, you can't update the website all the time that quick. But uh, Chris Hart, class act. And coming in strong here tonight, uh, 10 times in a row will be this coming month. He's been down to the jack 10 times. There's probably many, I would say, a 1,000 teams or more that win and hope that this is the year that they get down. And to say that you've been down 10 times, and they've actually won it too. So it's not like they were the the pre-Super Bowl winning Broncos or, for crying out loud, those Buffalo Bills in the 90s. God. Awesome team, but they just could never win the uh, Super Bowl. Shameful, shameful. So they have won it. So no matter what, you can't take that grand championship away from them. And uh, certainly a great group of guys who do it a little bit differently than everybody else is on the competition circuit as far as consistency and not being afraid to change it up. IQBarbecue.com. Good luck to Chris and the boys at IQ. This coming month, uh, this coming... Has never been easier. What? Look at this guy just jumping in right on me. I... That's right. Stop that. So good luck to uh, them coming up in October for the Jack Daniels, the World Championship Jack Daniels Barbecue Cook-Off. Gang, I've been telling you for months about a guy that's located right here in Cleveland. He was actually supposed to be in studio tonight. But he was taking a, a, a trap and, and skeet shooting, I think trap and skeet shooting class out in the middle of nowhere, very far due east from me in a town I believe is called Kania. I don't even know where that is, and I live in this state. That's far. But he's a guy that likes to shoot guns, skeet, and trap. And it's Stephen DeFranco. He's a premier retailer of high-end jewelry to the barbecue stars. And by stars, I mean me and you. We finally know somebody, Centralites, in the high-end world. And we're finally able to utilize the discounts that come with knowing somebody. For instance, all-new Accutron, Bolova, Citizen, and Philip & Company watches are now in stock for the holidays. 
That's right, folks. The holidays what? are right. I said the holidays are right around the corner. So start taking advantage of Christmas Layaway, which is now available at Stephen DeFranco Jeweler at no charge. Give them a call. Work it out. You know how layaway is. How many companies are doing layaway because the economy sucks and they know you're going to put something away and they're never going to get their money for it? Not Stephen DeFranco. He's ready to help you out. Get a fine jewelry piece, a watch, some kick-ass earrings, some gold, some silver. For the ladies, they got those Camille-type bracelets or those Pandora-type bracelets. You got to get hooked up with those. Women will love you. Customize it, make it your own. I'm sure they got some type of barbecue stuff that you could put on there. Six months, same as cash financing available in Ohio only through Springley Financial. And of course, the big deal of the day, aside from the one I'm going to mention here in just a second, for the barbecue brothers and sisters only, Philip and Company is offering $100 off his $895 Blue Blood Watch. This thing is outstanding. You have to go. To Stephen DeFranco, which you can find right on the Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage. Click on the Stephen DeFranco Jewelers banner and then check that watch out. Also, still going on, if you get an Accutron line watch and you call in, you get 30% off right off the bat when you mention you're a barbecue brother. Plus, if you mention my name and the term barbecue brother, you get an extra 50 bucks off. It's still going on. Free shipping, free gift wrapping, free engraving for your lover or wife or whatever. It just doesn't get any better than that. So take advantage while it's still going on. You got the in-stock watches. You got Christmas layaway. You have six months, same as cash. And you get the $100 off the $895 Blue Blood Watch. Derek Rich is coming up next. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new sound band, Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. That's right. Thanks again to Chris Hart for joining me, talking about the Jack. Coming up at uh, 1010, we'll be closing out the second hour with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. But before that, we head over to a very regular contributor to the show, Derek Riches from About.com. Derek, how are you? Doing good, Greg. How you doing? Fabulous, Derek. Always appreciate you making time for the show. Missed you last month, but you're a very busy guy doing all that uh, cool barbecue and grilling stuff that you do with About.com. So before we get into some of the items we're going to be talking about, uh, maybe just a little uh, refresher on what Derek has been up to and the things you're looking forward to as the year starts to rapidly come to an end. Um, well, you know, this is when everybody starts getting their product lines together. Um, I got an event end of next month, uh, Weber's having their big PR thing down at uh, Meadowlands in Jersey. So uh, I'll be going out for that. Um, Are you looking for anything other- exciting from Weber this year, do you think? Uh, well, uh, I'm personally looking for a 14.5-inch WSM. Right. But, uh, you know, they're not still not giving me a straight answer on that one. This will be the event where you will be able to, to dig down to the very bowels of truth, I would imagine. 
Well, let's hope so. (laughs) Derek Rich is joining us here on the show. All right, so we have a couple different items to talk about tonight. And the first one is called a Cajun Express Smoker, which I believe can be found at uh, thedeepfryerdepot.com. Tell us a little bit about the Cajun Express Smoker and, and what you like, what you don't like, why we might like or not like it. Well, you know, what we all hate about barbecue is it takes forever, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what this <laughs> what this thing does is it promises you ribs in 35 minutes. 35 what? minutes? Yeah. All right. Promise. Well, you know, that's what they're saying. All you right. can cook a whole brisket in about two hours. <laughs> like a, a whole 15-pound brisket? Yeah. Wow. What about a pork butt? 35 minutes? Oh, I'm probably a 50, 55 minutes, probably in that range. All right. So I'm, I'm huge instant feedback already flying in on the chat room. Uh, so, I mean, what is the, the process and the idea behind the whole Cajun smoker deal? Well, it's, it's basically a, a big metal box. It's got a propane burner in it. Uh, it's, and it's a dual chamber unit. So what you do is you have a cooking chamber you put your food in there you put some wood in there that's going to heat that's going to combust it's going to create smoke in the chamber that goes around it you fill it with water as the water heats it tries to expand and move upward which pulls the air out of the cooking chamber while radiating heat at the food this lowers the air pressure inside the cooker uh, doesn't you know they say it create it's a vacuum chamber but I'm willing to bet it's not a complete vacuum so then the meat inside is going to expand as the air is kind of pulled out of it and it opens up the pores which is going to allow the smoke to go into it and allow it to cook considerably faster you cook at about 350 degrees all right so uh, obviously we could make statements like well that's not barbecue if it's this particular temperature although I would say that there's a lot of people, at least on the competition scene, that are cooking at true barbecue temperatures. But it almost sounds like, if you'll uh, allow me to dabble this uh, little picture, when you have vacuum uh, like I have a food saver at home, and I always remember seeing those uh, infomercials where you could marinate 58 times faster, maybe it was 580 <laughs> times faster with a vacuum sealer when you put the meat in and then you did the suction thing because it opened the pores of the meat, drawing that, uh, that juice in there a lot better. Uh, that would be something similar to what this Cajun Express cooker is trying to do then. Yeah, basically that's that's the idea behind it. Maybe that's where they got the idea for it. I don't know. Well, I doubt it, but uh, what are we looking at price point-wise? H- have you actually been able to use it? What do you think? Uh, I've seen one in action. I haven't, had, I haven't had a chance to use it. You're looking at, well, list price of nine twenty-five. Wow. Plus there's going to be shipping with it. How big is it? What's the capacity? Can you do... You know, multiple slabs of ribs. Are you doing multiple briskets and pork butts? Um, it, it's not a very big unit. It's about the size of a pretty standard gas grill. You might be able to get maybe three or four racks of ribs in there, uh, maybe a couple of pork butts. But, you know, because of the way it works, you have to make sure that there's plenty of space between things so that, you know, it can expand. So what do you? I mean, what are your what are your overall thoughts of? Is this something that you would want to consider getting? Is it a pass from Derek Riches? Is it novelty? What do you think? You know, I don't think that I would personally buy one. If they want to send me one, then you know that's a different matter. Um, hint, uh, but <laughs> it, there are people out there certainly that for this is going to be something that would be a usable product. You know, there are 
a lot of people out there who don't have the patience for barbecue. And this is something that shouldn't be confused with that La Cajina contraption, that wood box. No, no, that that's that's very different. Yeah, kind of a bad naming convention here going on, I think, but because uh, that might cause some confusion. But uh, yeah, no, very different. All right, that's the uh, Cajun Express smoker. If it's free and sent to us, we'll take it, but we're probably not boning out 925 for it. Uh, we move on to the Emerald 4 Burner by Viking. So it sounds like a gas grill. Sounds like it's made by Viking, so it's got to be top quality right here. Oh, definitely, definitely, right? I mean, that's what the PR statement said. Oh, for sure. You know, I really, I really only bring this up because I know that most of the people listening probably aren't big on gas grills. But I, I bring this up because... Um, it, it provided me with a lot of amusement as well as uh, headaches over the last month since oh. I reviewed it. Um, it came out actually about a month or so ago, about a month and a half now. Um, big PR push from uh, Martha Stewart Omnimedia, who actually owned the trademark on the name Emerald Legacy, uh, saying that this is a reinvention of grilling as we know it, that we that they have taken the engineers of the Viking, Viking Culinary Group with the experience of Amaro Lagasse to produce something truly unique and truly different. The reality of it is, is it specs out just like a Weber Genesis. Right. It is built just like that. I mean, if you took a Weber Genesis and a Napoleon Prestige gas grills and kind of slam them together, you would get this. The most innovative thing on here is it has a paper towel dispenser. Wow, huge upgrade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the press releases, they're all over the place. And the reality of it is, is that Viking has nothing to do with it, really. It's made by a Chinese company. Um, Yeah, I know. We're we're there already, right? Right. It's made by uh, Jiangshan Innovation Company. Uh, About four years ago, these are the people who came up with a gas grill that was made from an aluminum magnesium alloy. Uh, if you had a sufficient grease fire, the magnesium <laughs> caught on fire. <laughs> right. Wow. Huge embarrassment for Lowe's because they had to recall the entire thing and have them all destroyed. So that's, you know, when people put their names on things, it's probably yeah. a good reason not to buy it. Yeah, right. So, uh, and I guess another way to look at it is, I mean, how can you really reinvent the grill? I mean, it's got to be pretty similar in a lot of ways in order to call it a grill, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is exactly a gas grill. I mean, there's nothing, that, like I said, the most innovative thing on here is the paper towel dispenser. Right, so it is so much just like, you know, a Weber or a Napoleon gas grill. What are we paying for Emerald's name and the Viking nameplate as well? 850 bucks. Wow, 850 bucks. Uh, and and, and you, get the, uh, you get the paper towel, so that is definitely worth the extra money. Uh, Derek Richard gives it a pass. It's too much money. It's overhype. It's just, you know, a lot better stuff for less money. What do you think? Oh uh, yeah, uh, avoid it. Run, run, run from it. Actually, <laughs> run like the plague. Yes. Buy. You would be more comfortable buying Charbroil than uh, the Emerald Four Burner by Viking. Uh, if Charbroil made a comparably priced product, I might look at that. Yeah. Wow. All right. So that's saying a lot. Uh, last thing we talk about tonight before we get into the uh, one ads is uh, I've actually had the inventor of this particular product on the show probably a month, month and a half ago, uh, Mikey D. from Charbecue. For the people that missed the show or didn't get the archives, tell us a little bit about it and uh, what you think of it. 
Okay, so uh, basically what this is, is it's an insert that you can put in your gas grill. And he actually says you can put it in a charcoal grill and it makes it cleaner. It's a metal frame box. You put in there, you fill it with charcoal, you turn on your gas burners, you get the charcoal burning, and then you turn off the gas and you're, you've converted your gas grill to a charcoal grill. Um, this has actually been around for quite some time. Uh in different forms. Uh, actually, in about 2000, a man by the name of Leonard Croman invented something very much like this, and he licensed it to Charborough, and they produced a line of gas charcoal grills, which had you taking out this metal basket uh, when you wanted, you know, when you want it to be a gas grill, putting it in. Unfortunately, when they built it, the metal basket rusted and it melted and it had all sorts of problems, and they sold them for about 18 months. Now, the, the Charbecue is actually better built, and it's much more intelligent. Uh, you can actually, it, it's adjustable in size. You can fold it up. It doesn't, you know, if you don't want it and you need to put it in your garage, it doesn't take up that much space. It works pretty similarly. Uh, this is actually stainless steel. It's going to be a little more, it's more durable, and, you know, it comes with uh, more options to it. So you can use it kind of as a smoker box, or there's the charcoal grill unit. Also, unlike the one that Charbroil produced, the handles come off. So if you want to actually go in and lift it out while it's hot, you can. Charbroils, you couldn't do that. So what do you think? Is it uh, still more of a novelty, or is it something that you could actually see yourself using? Uh, you know, I know a lot of guys, especially that have a number of old gas grills that are more or less boat anchors out in the backyard where they could probably rip the guts out, drop this thing in, and now they have a fully functional charcoal grill for, you know, 50 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good option for it. Um, also, you know, for those people who um, are going to occasionally want to use charcoal, you know, um, this is a, a good option that way. I mean, it runs about 40 bucks, so it's not like it's a huge investment. And uh, it does give you a certain versatility. If this is the sort of thing you, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, my contention, however, is, is that gas grills are horrible charcoal grills. They have no vents. They have no airflow control. Uh, so as a charcoal grill, it is a hot and fast charcoal grill. Absolutely, and that was the one thing that I did notice, although I was kind of uh, surprised at how well it was able to uh, you know, vent through the accessory holes on my, what is now probably seven, eight years old, uh, old Weber Genesis uh, Silver B uh, type grill. Uh, but again, this isn't low and slow. You're going to be filling it up. The only way to really regulate temperature is to lessen the amount of fuel that is in the box. But uh, I thought for the purpose that it was serving, it, it actually uh, did very well, so I was pretty happy with it. Uh, so you think a good effort by Charbecue on this one then? Yeah, I think this is a, you know, it's a usable accessory, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for. All right, we're talking with Derek Riches. BBQ.about.com is his website. Before I let you go, uh, I know you had a kind of a help-wanted piece that I teased in the very open of the show. So go ahead and uh, let us in on that one. <clears throat> well, I've been uh, communicating with a guy. I've been working with a guy in the Philippines who's putting together a barbecue uh, joint down there wants to do pork shoulders and briskets, and uh, he wants to do a, a real American style barbecue restaurant. It's actually in a um, mountain uh, resort community, about 5,000 foot elevation, uh, where he's going to be doing this. And, but what he needs is somebody with experience in barbecue, preferably someone with restaurant experience. Uh, it, it's I think it's a good experience, and you're going to be there for six months. Uh, room and board are paid. You're going to get a salary. 
Uh, if anybody is interested, sounds like something they want to do, you can contact me at uh, bbq.guide at about.com. All right. Well, do you have any idea what the money we're talking about for six months? That's pretty negotiable at this point. $750,000. I am available for that much. Uh, you know, probably not that much. Really? That's too bad. I was getting, I was I had my beds half packed. And I probably could do the show from the Philippines as well. That would be uh, very exciting. All right. So if you're uh, somebody that is a pit master and obviously you're free for the next six months, uh, is it a pretty quick ramp up time? Are you going to have to be making a decision here fairly shortly? Uh, hoping to get somebody, I think, hoping to get someone in place pretty quickly. He's uh, specking out the restaurant right now. We've, we've gone through some equipment down there. So, um, you know, the equipment's on its, on its way. All right. And uh, contact information again for the people that are interested in that. Uh, yeah, just email me, bbq.guide at about.com. bbq.guide at about.com. All right, we uh, covered the Cajun Express Smoker, the Emerald 4-Burner by Viking, both uh, items that we'll probably run away from. And the Charbecue seems to be winning the day. Uh, this is Derek Riches from bbq.about.com. Derek, always appreciate the time, and we'll look for you again next month. All right, yeah, great talking to you. All right, take care. There he is. My guy, your guy. Derek Riches still has one of the coolest jobs ever on the face of the earth, as far as I'm concerned, uh, being able to tinker and toy around with all the stuff that's cool in the barbecue and grilling world coming out. A guide helping you spend your discretionary dollars with increment amounts of wisdom. Maybe you want to go to the Philippines. Who knows? I know I don't, but that's just me. Friends, uh, I can tell you somebody else who doesn't want to go to the Philippines because he's running a thriving business on the Internet and in a brick-and-mortar place in Shillington, Pennsylvania. It's Fred Bernardo of Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, which can be found at fredsmusicandbbq.com. Fred is a trusted online retailer. He is the maker, purveyor, and overall wonderful governor of the Tasty Licks line. And it's not just that sweet and tangy sauce that has been getting cataclysmic reviews in the world of barbecue and grilling. It's not just the original smoking guitar player's rub, where if you use both of those, you're getting the same spice block in each and every one, so you have consistent flavor profiles from start to finish. It's not just that. There's an array of sauces. There's an array of rubs. And it's not just related to strictly the traditional barbecue stuff. He's got turkey, poultry, he's got veggie blends, he's got the standard barbecue stuff as well, and he's also got these great sauces for you to try. And on top of all of that, there's the other side of business. You can find all that stuff I just mentioned at tastylicksbbq.com, but then Fred's Music and BBQ is cookers, smokers, grills, cookbooks, wood chunks, wood chips, thermometers, pizza ovens, semolina flour if you need it. Everything that has to do with barbecue and grilling, you can find at Fred's Music and Barbecue. And a lot of us aren't living in Shillington, Pennsylvania. And by some of us, I mean all of us are not living in Shillington, Pennsylvania, except for Fred and maybe Huck Jr. So you're going to do your purchasing online. You're a little apprehensive about that. Uh, I can understand because you don't want to get screwed in the purchase process. Fred is not here to screw. I mean, I'm sure he likes screwing, but not in that way. You're going to get your money taken care of. You're going to get your stuff shipped out promptly and at a fair price. Plus, he's got all the customer support that you need, whether it be Fred himself, whether it be Toby, or one of the other very knowledgeable reps in Fred's Music and Tasty Looks BBQ Supply. Rest assured that when the order goes in, the money is safe. 
The products are there. He has a vast inventory in his facilities in Shillington. And your stuff is going to get to you on time each and every time. And you got the customer service and support there from what point of purchase all the way years and years. They're one of the biggest grilling experts. And by egg, I mean Big Green Egg. One of the biggest experts on the North Coast. And by coast, I mean Northeast. I mean, <laughs> I'm the biggest thing in the North Coast. Never mind. Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply can be found at tastylicksbbq.com or Fred's Music and bbq.com. We're wrapping up after this. Stick around. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are cruising right along first hour almost up if you can believe it can't even believe it. let's check the email uh, drive by email from the biggest drive by emailer of them all on the show big mo Kason <laughs> writing in man i could use one of those flag slash banners this weekend in pittsburgh i'll just have to rely on my midwest cooking style instead peace out biatch big mo checking in Big Mo's good for a drive-by about uh, once a week or so often. This guy driving from, uh, is it, is he, and I think he's Idaho, right? Isn't he Boise? It's, uh, I want to say Boise. Boise, Idaho. Or the state of Idaho. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Iowa. Des Moines, Des Moines, oh, damn it. All right, it is Iowa. I'm, I apologize. Uh, so, that is now that's a trek now. Somebody looking to advance into the next round of the Sam's Club. If you are making the short trek from Des Moines all the way out to the shittiest city in the face of the earth, Pittsburgh, <laughs> losers beat it. We're tied with you. That's right. We're tied with you in the NFL standings. Uh, look. Is there any other place that they could have decided to hold Sam's Club than the armpit of the universe? No, I'm not talking about Philadelphia. I'm talking about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. One of the worst places on the face of the earth. I wouldn't go there to take a dump. And people are going up there to cook food? Those people barely have any teeth and they're angry because they're not Cleveland. So go at your own risk. Believe me, go at your own risk. Those people are crazy out there. I fear for each and every one of you centralites that are making their way out and over to that terrible place that is known. Oh, God. I mean, it just makes my skin crawl to say it. Makes my skin crawl to Pittsburgh. Mo, I wish you nothing but the best. I wish you nothing but the guests. The guest, the best. In your trip to Pittsburgh, I hope you finish top six so you can continue to move on. Uh, I don't want to point out the very obvious fact that if you're coming from Des Moines and you're traveling eastbound, you're probably going to be on 90, which means you're probably at some point going to be blowing right past my exit, which means you are just going to be blowing right past me. Bad karma, buddy. Bad karma. You're going to want to reach out. You're gonna to want to get. You're gonna to want to reach out. Uh, you, you know, people buy these banners, these ones that are behind me. All you have to do is send me a request for artwork. If you're somebody that has a team and you want to get going and you want to get some of that karma in your camp each and every week, 
just give me a give me an email. I'll send you the artwork, and then you can just go to build a sign. It's the two foot by four foot banner. I think it's shipped to you. It's like twenty seven bucks. It's cheap. It's a good way to show that if you like the show, if you want to support the show, this is not only do I say uh, consistently try and feature my sponsors first when you're looking to make purchases, which I hope you would do. That's the biggest way you can help the show. But if you want to help the show grow and you want to make a very nominal investment, instead of sending me $27 for PayPal donation, go ask me for the artwork, which I provide for you for free, and then go to buildassign.com or whatever it's called. I can send you the link and get the two-foot-by-four-foot banner of this. It's right here. You're seeing a live version right behind me. And hang it in your camp. Let's grow this bad boy together. Let's take over the barbecue and radio syndication world one contest at a time, one centralite at a time. Why don't we do that? Let's do it together, everybody. Let's do it together. Group hug. Group hug. Just hugging it out with my microphone right there. That was weird. I'm going back in. All right, we're going to uh, reload for the second hour. We got Meathead coming up. Did you catch Chad Ward on Blog Talk Radio with Whiskey Boy Barbecue in the pit drunk like a skunk? Sounded great this week, Chad. That boy, he's an up-and-comer now. Probably won't be too long before Kevin Bevington decides to woo him on over to the outdoor cooking channel. All right, uh, we're reloading for a second hour here. So stick with me. We got a deck chef coming up and then uh, Meathead in the second hour. Stick around. Looking for a new twist on a great recipe? Are you looking for something else to do at the grill or to impress your friends when you're tailgating? Or you just want a fantastic recipe in the kitchen? Here's some good ideas that are quick and easy that's going to add a little bit of culinary flavor to everyday dishes. I'm Kim and me after these messages. Hey everyone, cookbook author and award-winning barbecue guru and homestyle chef Kent Whitaker here. You know, one thing I've learned over the years is that homestyle cooking can't be beat. So if you need a great cookbook that's easy to follow and is similar to having a great conversation on the front porch with family and friends, then pick up one of my books at your favorite bookstore. Sheila Simmons and I are crossing the country in search of great recipes from Texas to Georgia, from Tennessee to Alaska. So just ask for one of my cookbooks at your favorite bookstore or visit me online at thedeckchef.com. I'm Kent Whitaker, The Deck Chef. I'll see you at the dinner table table. Okay, you ready for the secret to grilling salmon on a cedar plank on the grill? It's this easy. Don't tell anybody how to do it. First, you get some wood, some cedar planks, untreated. Soak them, put the fillets on them skin side down, grill them till the fish flakes. That's it. Really, that's all there is to it. A lot of people are scared to try that, but it is really that easy. Go to the hardware store, the grilling store, the home store, whatever, where you can get some cedar planks. You want to get them cut to size or for bigger fillet sizes, it's up to you. Soak those in water for about an hour. Then a little bit of olive oil or nonstick spray on the side you're planning on putting your fillet on. Put the fillet on skin side down. Brush that with a little olive oil or butter. Hit it with a little favorite seasonings if you wish. Not salt, but maybe a little pepper, uh, garlic, or maybe a little bit of Cajun seasoning, Creole seasoning, something like that. Some parsley. Put that whole plank onto the grill over a medium-high heat and grill it until the salmon flakes. It's that easy. It only takes a few minutes, a few minutes of prep, and it's full of flavor. That cedar plank adds a ton of flavor. Lots of great recipes online at thedeckchef.com. Check me out there. And until next time, I'll see you at the dinner. This is Huck Jr., the host of In the Hut. And you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time.
from my heart and from my hand Why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? (laughs) You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. But listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole other type of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Top men. Rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, that as we venture into the second hour, top men have informed me, Don, Don, fear not. What, you guys think I'm an idiot over here? Man, you make one mistake with the bumper music with you guys, and it's like, you're never going to remember to turn it off again. How about a little freaking credit over here, sons of bitches? Get that big stuff out of here. You're damn right, Patrick. I'd rather be top men as well, not bottom. Hello. Guys, got it under control. You're going to see here in just a few short seconds, like in three, two, one. Silence. Golden Pony Boy. Yeah. Got to thank uh, Patrick and Don. Patrick first, because he said top men want to off the bumper music. I did. So uh, what I've learned this week versus last week is I should during the little deck chef break, which I like to take instant poll with you people. I can't get the uh, the 35, 40 people on the audio only poll, but instant poll. Do you like the deck chef in between? You like little Kent Whitaker? You like what he's got going or should I uh, look for something else uh, to, to fill in a little bit? Rather hear like a news update type thing. I like Kent. Kent's good. He's syndicated all across the country. Weigh in right now. Uh, Kent good. Kent sucks. And we will review and change the show if possible. I mean, it's up to me regardless. So, What do we got here? New email from Mo Kason. Mo, that looks like your shipping address. What do you want me to do with that? Big stuff out of here. Again, you email me saying that you want the artwork, I'll send it to you via email <laughs> along with the web address where you can buy a 2 by 4 banner. It's going to be like 25 bucks. If the show is giving you enough entertainment where you could spare, how many shows am I in now? I think February 7th, this live show will have been on, I believe, starting in the fourth year. Now, I'm no mathematician. And we're going to have to leave out like three shows this year. But I was really good for the first three years where I didn't miss any shows. So let me do this quick mental math. Uh, we have 52 weeks in a year. I do the show once a week. 15 times three, carry the one, positive five, seventh integer, do the things in the primary sheet first. I think I've done five billion shows. Five brilliant shows. And if you can't find your way clear... 
to kick out 25 bucks or 27 bucks or whatever it's going to be. And I'm supplying you the artwork. I took time and effort into making that all by myself. By all by myself, I mean Brian Knox from Knox by Seasoning uh, helped me with that logo. To fly in your particular camp. Help the show for crying out loud. Mo, I'll have you on for an interview. I've been chasing you for an interview. You snubbed me. Why are you going to Pittsburgh? Mo, I don't say this a lot out in the open. I'm going to pray for you, my friend. I'm going to pray for you now. I don't want anything to happen to Big Mo over in Pittsburgh. I want to tell you what goes on over there, but just be careful. Friends, I am here to, what do they call when you go into rehab? Testify to you here before we bring on Meathead. There is a secret that is happening in your places of work as we speak right now. Maybe you're not at work. Maybe some of you are. You should be getting back to work by now, my friend. But there is a seed of demons out there, the likes that we have no idea, and they are maraudering around us. They are intertwined in the very fabric of our being, of our subculture. We work with them. They are our co-workers. They should be called rat bastards. You know who they are. You work in an office. You work in a factory. You have some type of general refrigerator where you can put something that you've made from freaking scratch to keep cold so you can enjoy it on your lunch break. And these sons of bitches find their way clear, take it upon themselves to go into the refrigerator and steal your goddamn lunch, and then they eat it. Get that big stuff out of here. Who are these people going in to the refrigerator and stealing your lunch and sitting right down at the table while you're not there and consuming your lunch, not theirs, your lunch? And they don't feel bad about it one bit. Worse than serial killers and they're working among us. I am here to warn you. I am here to start. If I had a whistle, I would be blowing it right now. I am blowing a whistle on you, lunch thief. You know who you are. You son of a bitch. You sit there and you take my lunch with my name on it. With my name on it, and you don't care, you blow right through the bag, you reheat my meal that I was going to eat, and you eat it. Why? Why didn't you bring your own lunch? Why don't you go down to the fast food place that's three seconds away and buy your own lunch? But no, you have no problem pulling open the handle of the refrigerator and saying, hmm, what's around here for me to eat today? Whoa, there's rempy stuff. Looks pretty good. I'm going to eat it. Where's the buffer? Where's your morals? Where are your scruples? Let me tell you where they are. They're right at the bottom of the toy where you left your shit because you ate my lunch, you fuck. Yeah, maybe it happened to me more than a few times where I'm working. Do you want to know the... And I caught the guy red-handed. His name is Ray. No names, please. Rule the show, I know. Sorry, his name's Ray. Ray Harris, and he's a short little midget of a man. No offense, midgets, right? No offense. I had, I donated my time the other day. We had 
some inner city youth coming to AT&T three hours before we open so we could share with them what we do for career, career day. They could ask us questions. They could see all the phones and all this happy horse crap. Who cares? Lunch was catered in for the students because they were going to be missing lunch while they were at AT&T facility. And then, and then... They uh, let us, the four or five reps that were there, uh, not Ray, they gave us the extra box lunches to eat as a, as a way of saying thank you, employees. Uh, here are some crappy lunches. So I took the buffalo chicken sandwich lunch because it looked delicious. So I put it in the refrigerator. And then when I went back, I was looking forward to it all day. I was like, yeah, buffalo chicken sandwich. Love it. Open up. Opened up the refrigerator. And guess what? Uh-oh. Not there. Sorry. I'm like, well, what the hell? Well, here comes young Raymond walking back to grab a couple of phones that he's working with because he had lunch an hour before me. And I said, Ray, have you seen my uh, buffalo chicken sandwich? He said, yeah, I ate it. Uh-oh. What? <laughs> you did what? He's like, yeah, I ate it. I said, Ray, was your name on it? No. Okay. So why did you eat it? Well, it was just in there, and it's buffalo chicken, so I ate it. It was good. It was good. Ray. Uh, Ray, your name wasn't on it? Yeah. So why does it make it okay for you to eat it if my name isn't on it? If your name isn't on it and my name isn't on it, we could probably both presume... That it's nobody's. Well, I'm sorry. That it's somebody's, and it's definitely not ours because our name isn't on it. But I knew it was mine because I took it because I was here helping the youth. Helping the youth become more educated about ways that they can grow and prosper as adults. Well, you should have put your name on it, Gary. I said, well, I shouldn't have to put my name on it when your name isn't on it either, Ray. Uh-oh. So just be aware, folks, that there's people that are working amongst you who are thieves. They will. What's worse, slaughtering somebody in the street or stealing somebody's lunch? I can make an argument for both. That's all I can say. I can make an argument for both. So, geez, Louise, I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that today. I really didn't want to do that today, but. Sometimes we have to call out those people that we work with. And I know Ray isn't necessarily uh, what you would call a listener to the show all the time. But if you got some type of rat bastard that is working with you who has the scruples of scum of the earth, who will sit there and take your lunch when your name is on it and doesn't give a crap about you and eats it. Watch out! These people are among us, and I'm here to call them out, and it's happened to me. Sons of bitches. All right, let's race over to the hotline and bring up monthly guests of the show. It's Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Ray. <laughs> Ray, yeah! Now, Meathead, uh, let me ask you a question, because you are a man who is uh, well-experienced in life in general. I'm sure you spent time in settings as uh, I am discussing. Have you ever run into the lunch bandit, that scumbag that works among us? I've been meaning to talk to you about the time you brought the ribs. (laughs) Now we're coming clean. It's like confession. Have you run into the lunch bastard at your work? I work at home. 
so I'm the one who steals my own lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, there's something to be said about that. But these people are running rampant, as I am finding out, uh, getting back into the workforce. Uh, meathead Besides, runs. Nobody wants to eat what I cook. Yeah, right. I'm sure everybody wants to eat what you cook. They're just like me. You're a barbecue and grilling guy. Everybody's sniffing around, wanting in the next. But when are you going to bring in some for everybody else? You know, you put those ribs in the fridge and they are going to get attention. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Meathead, of course, runs the most popular barbecue and grilling website on the Internet. It's AmazingRibs.com. If you haven't checked it out, you're probably living under a rock. So first take it off your head and then hit up the interwebs and see, really, what is a, a cataclysmic proportion of information that you have on barbecue and grilling meathead? Uh, before we get into topic tonight, which is going to be thermometers and cooking temperatures and all that, uh, what's new over at AmazingRibs.com that you can let us in on? Well, I don't want to steal Derek Riches's um, thunder, and God, goodness knows there is nobody on the face of the earth that knows grills and smokers and cooking tools like he does. But I just had the pleasure of trying something that I know he hasn't tried because I got the third unit off the assembly line this oh, weekend. Oh, oh. I played with something called the Go Galley. It's at gogalley.com, G-A-L-L-E-Y. They delivered it to me last week. This is a 300-pound gas grill and gas smoker combo with a giant side burner big enough to do wok cookery on that folds up in this nifty little self-contained box. It also has big uh, prep, prep counters on it. The whole thing folds up and it hooks onto the trailer hitch of your car or truck it's got a winch built into it you throw a switch and it winches itself up and off the ground and you can haul it to the tailgate picnic or across country to the campgrounds and it's got everything but the kitchen sink it really is cool it works great it's got this four burner gas grill pretty standard gas grill wait wait, hold on a second what's the website again Go, G-O, Galley, G-A-L-L-E-Y, dot com. They've got some video there. It's a, it, this is a product they just brought in the first container load from China. It's made wow. in China. But that's how they're selling it for 1900 bucks. What is it made uh, in China? 1900 bucks or thereabouts. Um, wow. They're selling them direct only. They'll not be in stores. They'll, they're, 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 you know, they're, there's too much of a markup they lose there. And... Um, it's built solid, and I've only used it once, but um, it's, it, the gas smoker is probably the best gas smoker I've ever used, and I've used a bunch of them. Um, the gas grill is pretty standard. Um, the side burner is pretty big. Now, I don't know how many BTUs. I haven't measured it yet, um, but it's really just a very clever piece of engineering, the way it folds up on itself. It's like origami. Um, and it's solid. It's it's tubular construction, and they have a warehouse somewhere north of Chicago, and I'm south of Chicago, or west of Chicago, and they delivered to me number three, and I took delivery, and then I went this weekend to watch my wife's alma mater, Northern Illinois University, get their butt kicked by Wisconsin at Soldier Field. Uh, but uh, even though the game didn't go our way, uh, the tailgate party did. We were out there at 8 o'clock. I cooked eggs, omelets, 
for everybody with mm. fresh thyme in it. And then I, uh, I had tossed the ribs in there early. And we serve ribs for lunch and uh, Italian sausages. It's just the coolest thing. I had people stop and look at it, and it just hooks onto your trailer hitch. No, it's no trailer, no wheels. It just lifts off the ground and rides around on your trailer hitch. And somebody came by and said, I got to get one of these because I go to Notre Dame games and they don't let you bring trailers. So it's not a trailer. It's very cool. Very cool tool. GoGalley.com. Just used it once, but I got a feeling it's the real deal. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That's why I asked for the website again because I must have typed it yeah. in wrong. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks, I guess, as far as length, you see the guy pushing behind it. So it looks like it's probably as long when it's folded up as a, a shopping cart or, or maybe a little bit uh, longer than a shopping Not cart. Not even that big. I'm guessing it's when it's all folded up, it's probably, I'm holding about three foot by wide by three foot deep by... Yeah four feet high it rides about a foot off the ground but when you unfold it it's maybe a little bigger than a weber summit and then if you put the wings up which are the countertops yeah um it's wider than our parking space we hung over the edge of our parking space into so we had to fold down the wings to let cars pull up alongside of us, and then we pop them back up. And, of course, they hang out, hung out. I brought enough food to feed everybody in sight, so it was not a problem. Yeah, so you have the main grill, um, which obviously is the, the big stainless thing there, and then I'm looking at the picture of it, as it's all assembled with wings up. You have the smoker off to the to the right. It kind of sits on the floor then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it, it's actually under the right shelf. Right. And the top, it, it's double wall, and if you've ever played with gas smokers, they're the cheapest construction known to man. They're usually thin-walled. The doors don't shut tight. This, it's double wall. It's got a, a silicon gasket around it. It shuts tight. It's got two um, vents at the top for smoke. Um, seems to con- you know, I got a lot more testing to do to see what the temp range is and such. But I can tell you that um, it's a cool tool. And if you you know if you're you've you've got season tickets to the Cleveland Browns and God knows why anybody would go see them. Uh, you know, this is the thing you haul to the game and feed the the army because you can feed. You can get about six or eight slabs of ribs in there easily and a whole bunch of shoulders um, and a whole bunch of burgers on the top. It's it's just the coolest uh, new toy I've had in a long time. Yeah. So, people, like, did they just say, "Hey, Meathead, why don't you come down and pick one up?" Or did you actually buy it? They and delivered use it? it to me. You know, I'm I'm a very lucky boy. Um, I have turned my hobby into my livelihood. I never dreamed that it would work out this way. Um, and um, my website has become very popular. And uh, manufacturers call me up like Derek. Uh, I'm not as good at Derek when it comes to product testing and review. He's the king. But we've got a good buying guide on my site, too. And um, people uh, people call me up and say, "Hey, we got this new grill. You want to try it?" And uh, you know, please don't throw me to Briar Patch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I, I get these cool toys. I've got a lot of iron on my deck. In fact, I'm concerned about it collapsing. <laughs> well, it uh, sounds like a great thing. I'd love to get my hands on one and see how it actually uh, works. So when I'm the next time I'm in Chicago, I'm going to be stopping by uh, Meathead's mm. house to see how that works out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'll, um, I'll mention it to him. Um, uh, you know, I, sometimes they give me this stuff. Sometimes they loan it to me. I have a policy. I written policy. I tell them, 
when I'm done with it, I'll tell them, and then they can either pick it up. Often, I don't have space for all this stuff. I, when I'm done with it, I donate it to the fire departments. There's about six fire departments around here that have the best cooking equipment on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like pellet smokers. I donate it all to the fire departments when I'm done with them because I got to make, you know, I have a deal with my wife. Uh, one comes in, one goes out. So, <laughs> absolutely. Don't yep. touch that. Do not go there. Yep. <laughs> happy wife, happy so, life. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to get distracted. I know we were going to cook about, talk about, um, temperature and thermometers and other things but uh this is uh on my mind since it's my newest toy yeah it sounds like a fabulous thing and again i saw the pictures so i can uh, understand why you're very excited we're talking with meathead goldwyn from amazingribs.com, the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the interwebs right now and we're going to be talking about thermometers and temperatures tonight um, and then there's going to be another thing that I'm going to talk to you about that might make your head blow off uh, towards the end of the show here. <laughs> uh, and something that I found out during the chicken roundtable that I was baffled by. So I'll get your take on it here as time progresses. So let's talk about thermometers. Um, I guess for the people that are in periphery of grilling and barbecue, maybe they don't have one. Maybe it's they think a thermometer that is sitting in the back of their oven is something that they're somehow going to be able to use to gauge temperature of meat. Um, so I don't want to, I want to include everybody. I refuse to be a snob mm-hmm. as much as you are a snob meathead. I will not be a snob. <laughs> uh, so let's kind of keep it open for everybody. Let's talk about thermometers and, and what you think is good and bad about, you know, ones that are available on the market. Well, let's start with all my friends who are writers and who write all these cookbooks, guys who really know a lot about cooking. And they say you can gauge the temperature of your grill by holding your hand over it and counting 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. And when you got to pull your hand back, you can figure out somehow what the temperature of the grill is. That is the goofiest damned idea you have ever heard. And yet, it's in all the books. It's on all the websites. It's just pernicious. It's out there everywhere. First of all, heat dissipates by the inverse square law. And if you hold your hand a foot above, it's going to be a lot cooler than if you hold your hand three inches above. And everybody's tolerance for heat is different. Remember Chuck Colson during the Nixon years? He, he used to put cigarettes out in his hand, you know? I mean... There's just no way you can measure the temperature and be accurate. Cooking is about control of heat. If you don't know what temperature you're cooking at, you're driving with your with a blindfold on. You're flying without an altimeter. Um, uh, one of my favorite quotes at the last show um, of the uh, estimable Alton Brown, whom I am a great fan of, uh, he did barbecue for his very last show. And uh, he says, bimetal coil thermometers are about as accurate as a sniper scope on a, snurf, on a Nerf gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had said that. I mean, as, as accurate and as useful as a sniper scope on a, on a Nerf gun. Bimetal thermometers, those are the dial thermometers. Now, there are some better ones. TrueTel, uh, I think is the name, yeah. is, 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 is generally considered one of the best. But this is a technology that was invented probably in the 1750s. We know it was in the 1700s. You take two pieces of metal, 
you stick them together or screw them together or weld them together. And when one expands at a different rate than the other, it pushes the dial around. If you have a dial thermometer, it relies on two pieces of metal glued together. This is, this is 1700s technology. Look at the calendar, folks. This is 2011. It's the digital age. You're listening to us on the computer. There are really good, modestly priced digital thermometers out there. The other one that blows me away is you can tell when your steak is done by poking it. And then you poke. You poke the meat the of your thumb. Of your hand. You, no, you poke, you poke the meat the of your of thumb. Your right. Or you, uh, you push underneath your chin. Right, right. I mean, okay, I got a little bit of lard on my hand. You know, um, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you look like you work out. You're probably a little tauter than me. How, look, just let's start with a sirloin. A sirloin is a stiffer piece of meat than a filet mignon. You can't poke the meat to see if it's done. Now, okay, if you work at Morton's Steakhouse and you cook a 1,000 filet mignons, all from Allen Brothers, all the same supplier, and they're all cut the same way, and they're all cooked up. Yeah, okay, you can probably look at the damn thing and see if it's ready or not. But if you went out and spent top dollar on a good piece of beef, or if you're in a competition, for crying out loud, don't guess. Don't rely on poking things, touching things. Um, I, I know a lot of the old-timey barbecue guys can really do this. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I've been barbecuing a long time. I'm 60-plus years old. And, and why am I saying 60-plus? I'm 62 years old. <laughs> and I don't trust poking things. And I'm not going to risk getting my family sick by serving them undercooked chicken, which is probably full of salmonella. And I'm not going to deliver the meal to the dinner table late by not knowing what my oven temperature is. And there is no way you can accurately measure the temperature of your grill without a good thermometer. Now, some of the better dial thermometers are pretty good, especially in the temps that low and slow cooking is done. But when you start getting up in a high temps like steak cookery, they're not so accurate. Mo many of them. Are fifty bucks off, fifty degrees or more off, and when the grill builders, even Weber, whom I love, they make the great products. They don't scrimp and cut corners. They put crap dial thermometers on them. It's the last thing they think about. They cut corners. You just can't tr trust them. If you've got a dial thermometer on your grill or smoker, get some black paint or black tape and cover it over, and go get a good digital thermometer. And now here's the plug. I've tested hundreds of them, and I've got a list of them on my website, and my favorites um, I recommended there so you can go see what I like. I know that a lot of the cooks on the competition circuit use one of the ones I love, and that's your good old-fashioned Thermapen. Love it. You see all the... All, all the TV chefs use it. Alton Brown uses it. All the it, it reads in about three seconds, almost instantly. Um, it's, it's got a very thin, narrow tip. This is a device that's called 
a thermistor or a thermoresistor is the correct name. It's a thermistor. It's a really, it it measures resistance created by heat. The technology is beyond me, but it's very, very precise, very, very accurate. They usually plus or minus one degree, and that's good enough to get your steak out of there exactly at the right temp. And don't worry about poking a hole in your steak. For crying out loud, an eight-ounce steak is 70% water, so that six ounces of water roughly you poke a hole in it and you get a quarter of a teaspoon of leakage you're not losing that much fluid by poking a hole in your meat with a thermometer or for that matter let's dispel another myth flipping your steaks with a fork you're not going to bleed it to death it's 60 to 70 percent water so don't worry about poking a hole in it with a thermometer. But haven't You're we broached uh, what you you bring up the fork point? So haven't we broached what is a potentially bad habit or a a bad uh, rut to get into, especially for novice cookers, somebody that is picking up this show on a podcast because they happen to get into iTunes and and search BBQ as a keyword or grilling, or likewise uh, put that into Google and came across your website. Much like Weber cheaping out on a a good thermometer for their grill, at least in my experience dealing with the novice, the beginning cooker, they want to cheap out on what is the most important stuff that they should actually be spending cash on. A good thermometer, a good set of tongs, some really good accessories, Mm -hmm, so you're mm -hmm. not digging that fork into the steak. I mean, yeah, is it Mm -hmm. really making a difference? No, but arm yourself with the proper tools and accessories first, and if you spend the right, you know, the saying, uh, buy the best, only cry once. I mean, why not? This is, I think, a, a bad habit for people. People to get into. Oh, I heartily agree. And I use tongs to flip my steaks and uh, a spatula to flip my burgers. Uh, but, you know, in a pinch, you can poke a hole in it. You're not going to bleed the thing to death. That's just one of these internet bar. Well, it's before the internet. It's just one of those wives' tales. But, uh, um, it, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. There's some really great accessories out there. I'm a big fan of the grill grates. Uh, there's all kinds of cool new products out there. I also have a buyer's guide to them on my website. But um, a thermometer, I think, is the single most important. And you need more than one. Okay, you need a thermometer to read your oven temp. Now, your grill or your smoker is an oven. Okay, you know, right. get over it. Agreed. It's an oven. You need an oven thermometer. You need something. And you don't want it in the dome. Now, Weber's got a couple of grills like the kettle grill with a thermometer sticking through the handle and it's cute but it's measuring the temperature in the dome right next to the vent and that's not where the meat is the meat is down below it's a lot closer to the flame it's a lot closer to the charcoal you want to measure the temperature next to the meat right next to the meat so you've got to get a a thermometer that will clip to the grate or you can even, you know, I've been known to stick a probe through a radish or a potato or even a wine cork. If you're cooking at low temp, a wine cork will work. I've had them go up in flames at a high temp. But, you know, just set it down there on the surface next to the meat. Um, you just can't count on and, and the same thing with gas grills. The, and a lot of smokers, even the high-end um, offset smokers that, you know, uh, you pay a lot of money for, they've got Teltrues mounted up in the top, and you need to read the temperature. What are you cooking? You're cooking meat. Where's the meat? Down on the grate. 
get the thermometer next to the meat, measure the temperature that the meat is experiencing because you're cooking meat. The other thing is, is it's a really neat idea to have a thermometer that you can stick into the meat and leave it in. Now, there's two kinds of meat thermometers, the leave-in type and the instant read type. The leave-in type um, is, is a really nice thing to have, especially if you're doing large chunks of meat like a prime rib or a pork shoulder for pulled pork or a beef brisket or even a turkey. You know, those little pop-up things that they put in turkey mm-hmm. are just totally worthless. The first thing you do is pull them out and throw them away. Exactly. They're not anywhere near accurate. Um, but a leave-in thermometer is a really nice thing to have. A lot of those now are not thermistors. A lot of them are made by with a, with, with a product called a thermocouple, which is also good. It's a Again, a different kind of technology. It works pretty good. It's a little slower, maybe not as accurate, but they're really good. Um, and uh, you, you know what's a really accurate thermometer and nobody uses them anymore? Bulb thermometers. The old, you know, uh, liquid thermometer. They don't put mercury anymore. They put um, um, uh, alcohol in them now, but they're really accurate. Um, it's just that we're a little skittish about sticking glass down into our meat, and they do fog over and get smoked over and hard to read. But glass bulb thermometers are really very accurate. They're slow, too, but not that bad. Um, there's another kind that I should mention, and that is the infrared thermometer. And they're cool. They're the, the ones that look like a gun. You know, you, you, you point them at a surface. And they're really good if you're doing things like pancakes on a griddle, or I sear salmon on a griddle often on my grill outside. Um, you can measure a flat surface, like a cast iron frying pan or a griddle, um, or... Uh, they're really not very useful for measuring meat temperature. Right. And you, you can't measure the great surface. Um, but they're, they're, yeah, I use one because I'm in this business. They're not terribly useful for backyard cooks, but they are cool. Um, they have a drawback in that they don't read accurately on shiny surfaces. So if you have a shiny frying pan or if you want to measure the hood temperature of your grill and it's stainless, you're not going to get an accurate reading. I use it. I use it around the house to check for leaks in the winter. <laughs> I, go, I go around the house looking to see which of my windows are leaking. Um, but uh, I mean, that's uh, that's the broad categories of them. Uh, uh, there are some that I like better than others. Um, but um, a good thermometer will get you cooking at the temp that you want, and that's important. Um, m- most of us. This is, a, I think, possibly a guy thing. Uh, most of us cook way too hot. Now, I know if you're a barbecue guy and you're down in that 225 to 250 range, you're doing low and slow. But even steaks, we cook, you know, okay, you want to catch a bus. If the bus is going by at 60 miles an hour and it doesn't stop, you got to really time your jump to get in that door. If the bus is going by at 10 miles an hour, it's a little easier to jump on. Well, if you're trying to get that steak done at 130, which is a perfect medium rare, and which is the temperature at which the scientists tell us it is the most juicy, it is the most tender, it is the most flavorful, then take that steak up slowly and gently and bring it right to near the temp that you want and then put it on a hot, hot section to get it seared dark and we've talked about this before this is called reverse sear or as john dawson calls it redneck sous vide but it's a really great technique but the idea is even steaks chicken chicken 
How many burned skins have you served? Cook that chicken low and slow. Bring it up gentle. Don't let those proteins knot up and squeeze out the juice. And then flip it over onto the hot side and sear that skin and get it crispy and brown. So you need to know what temperature you're cooking at if you're going to get a good meal out of the deal. All right, we're talking with uh, Meathead Goldwyn, and uh, we're, we're going to finish up talking about thermometers. We're going to get into uh, cooking temperatures here in just a quick second. Uh, but before we do that, I want to mention uh, real quick about my uh, favorite injections out there in the world today. It's Dave Bosca. He is the pit master of the competition team called Butcher Barbecue. Maybe you've heard of the Butcher Barbecue Brisket Injection, the best-tasting marinade deemed by highly skilled and qualified judges. From barbecue cook-offs sanctioned by various barbecue associations from both Canada and the United States, because we have competitions in in both countries, believe it or not. It's a simple-to-use marinade designed to be injected into the meat to increase the moisture while intensifying that natural beef flavor that the judges and that your judges in your own backyard want to uh, make sure that they're tasting as well. That's the uh, brisket injection. A great, great product that is doing very well in uh, competitions and backyards alike. Here's how you use it. Uh, We know that, first of all, taste palettes are different, so strengthen to your taste. And Dave recommends you start with three quarters of a marinade of two cups of water. The other is optional. You can split half water with beer or apple juice, cola or beef broth. Of course, we all know that I use just beer no matter what. And then you place your brisket on a cookie sheet that has some edges on it to help catch any excess marinade. And then you use a checkerboard pattern to inject in every other square, keeping that needle in the meat. You don't want to have it poke on the other side. And then you're just spraying juice all over the place. Take care with that piece of beef, for crying out loud. It could win you lots of money. That's a brisket injection. You can do the same with the pork injection. They have sauces and rubs as well. And then, of course, they have this new revolutionary product called Grill. Then it can flavor many different types of meat with some easy-to-follow applications. Of course, first way through marinating, you place meat in a container. You cover with enough grill liquid to cover a product for two to four hours. The quicker way, of course, is to just inject it right through the meat using a syringe. You'll inject grill throughout that meat. You let it set about 30 to 60 minutes for a full flavor boost. You can throw caution right the way. Put the barbecue and grilling world on its ear. Marinade first, then inject. One item that can do both. For brining, you mix half a cup of grill with eight cups of liquid. For injecting, eighth to a quarter cup of grill to two cups of liquid. Grill's highly recommended to start with chicken-wise, but after you taste it, you realize it can use... Ribs, chops, steaks, doesn't matter. It'll give you all the moitness, moitness or moistness that you expect while adding a great flavor. So you have the grill, you have the beef pork injection, you have his rubs and sauces that are winning prizes all over the place. Two pounds of grill, uh, $25.50. Plus, with the new shipping rates, orders that are $55 or less, you pay 7 bucks flat rate. Anything else will be 9 bucks. Just another way you can trust your butcher, butcherbbq.com. That's butcherbbq.com. We pick up with Meathead right after this. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. Uh, about 20 till the hour. That's uh, 41 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. We're talking with Meathead Goldwood from AmazingRibs.com. About thermometers, we're going to finish up with that, and we'll get into cooking temps here. Meathead, uh, I mean, we've mentioned uh, generically about the different types of thermometers. Are there brands, aside from Thermapen, that you like and that you would recommend? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm tr- I, I hesitate to get too crazy about my latest toy, um, but it is nifty. And that's the new iGrill. I just got a hold of one. And um, this is like about the size of a deck of cards. And it's all white. And uh, you download software onto your iPhone or your iPad. And it um, controls and talks to this um, uh, thermometer. You, you can put two probes in. Um, one for the oven and one for the uh, meat, and um, uh, walk away. Walk away and just uh, let it uh, read your meat. It talks Bluetooth to your iPhone and your iPad, and it's pretty cool. It sells for somewhere around 100 bucks. Um, it's about the same price as the Maverick um, ET732, yeah. and the ET732 is one of my all-time favorites. It's a thermocouple, not a thermistor, but it works really well. It also has two probes, one for the oven and one for the meat. And by the way, folks, these probes work fine either way. You can use – there's no difference. Um, I confirmed this this week with the people at Maverick and at Thermoworks. If you've got two probes and one's for the meat and one's for the oven, you can use both of them for the oven or both of them for the meat. Um, The the Maverick has a dull-headed probe a round-headed probe for the oven and a sharp-headed probe for the meat. But you can cram that round-headed one down into it. So if you've got two uh, briskets on there, you can use both probes for your briskets or whatever configuration you want. I like the ET732. That also is – it's not Bluetooth. It uses some sort of radio waves. But you can set it down next to your grill or your smoker and put in the probe and go out and cut the lawn or watch the browns get their butts kicked. Um, you can do whatever you want. Uh, it's got about a, they say it's got about a hundred foot range, I think, but I've had some issues with my brick walls and other things, but still it lets me wander off pretty well. It's pretty cool and uh, it's pretty accurate and it's pretty nice to be able to get two readings and walk away from the, the grill. And there's another um, Thermoworks, if you go to their website, they have a whole catalog. You, you might look at their K-couple devices. K-couple is sort of an industry standard. It's a plug receptacle, at male and female plug. And they, they sell one called the Mini. Um, it's really small, um, about the size of a pack of Wrigley Juicy Fruit or something. And it takes a variety of probes. You can put a, um, a leave-in uh, probe for your brisket, or you can put in an instant read probe that's really thin. It's even thinner than the, um, uh, the uh, Thermapen. Uh, it's like hypodermic. It's dangerous. It's so sharp, in fact. Uh, and this thing reads in one second. It's so fast. 
Um, this is a really nifty tool. And they make a couple of them that have multiple probes. So, uh, so th those are really worth That's sort of an, a, a lab standard. I have one I bought from an outfit called Omega that will take four probes. And I use it when I'm checking and calibrating a new grill. Um, and, and we shouldn't leave without talking about um, uh, the uh, thermostat controllers. Um, there's Rocks Stoker and Barbecue Guru, which I know sponsors your site. And both of those are really popular on the competition circle. Yeah. They're really high-tech digital controllers that allow you to program it like a uh, a house thermostat with multiple probes and, you know, take the temperature up to this number and then bring it down to here and really, um, uh, you know, space age technology. I've worked with the rocks, but I have never worked with um, uh, the uh, uh, barbecue guru, but I, I hear that's really, really good. Meathead joining us here on the show talking about thermometers and I will transition, of course, now into cooking temperatures and I guess, you know, why 225 and 325 are crucial uh, temperatures. So go ahead and let us in on that secret. Well, I, I think they're really good numbers. You know, something I think everybody should do is dry run their grills and smokers. Nobody really thinks to do this. Go out there one Tuesday afternoon and fire the sucker up and don't waste any meat on it. Just test the thing with a good thermometer and see how much charcoal you need, what vent settings you have to do to get it to and shoot for these two numbers, 225 and 325. And see, where, learn your instrument. Learn your instrument. Like a pianist, learn your instrument. Learn control of it. Um, and do this whenever you get a new, new instrument. You don't need meat in there to do this. There's no point in wasting good meat. Just fire it up and get, get it dialed in. Um, calibrate it. Of course, you got to break it in first. Anyhow, you got to burn it through to get all the grease off of it. And then just get a sense for what vent settings will get you where you want to go. Um, uh, 225 it seems to be 225, 250 seems to be the range that a lot of barbecue chefs like um, for things like low and slow ribs and pulled pork and brisket. Although a lot of brisket cooks now take it up a lot higher, um, and and certainly pork shoulder can handle a higher temp. But it's a nice number to get to and get comfortable with um, as a good low and slow number. And it's a good number because. It's below the temp at which a lot of things start happening inside the meat that you don't want to happen. Um, uh, it's a temp, uh, well, it's just barely above boiling temp, but um, you're not going to get boiling. You're going to get, um, th there's a lot of protein mixed into liquid, so they don't really boil at 212. Um, it, it just seems to be a temp that a lot of the, the old pros have been using, and it's a good number to, to, to master. And 325 is another good number to master because the Maillard effect, which is the browning effect. I mean, everybody loves the brown crust of a prime rib. Everybody loves the brown crust on a marshmallow. Everybody loves toasted English muffins. That browning is a chemical reaction uh, and a physical reaction called the Maillard effect or the Maillard reaction, some people call it. Uh, which is um, amino acids and sugars on the surface go through a, a change in their f molecular structure, a denaturing, and uh, uh, they, they, they get dark. 
browning. Brown is good, and brown is flavorful. And that really starts to kick in and accelerate at around 310. Now, it happens at lower temps, um, but it really seems to be... Um, 310 seems to be a sweet spot for my art. So 325 is a good number for things like turkey and chicken. Um, when you want to brown that surface, or roasts, where you want to brown that surface. Um, and, and, and while you're at it, you know, learn how to get up to 400 or 425. Get yourself so that you can walk out there with a piece of meat and say, I need to cook this at 325. And you know just what to do. You know where to set things up, how much charcoal to light on fire, or where to turn the dials on your gas grill, um, and um, away you go. And you, now you've got mastery of your, uh, your instrument. And uh, uh, I've got some good tips on my site about how to um, break in and uh, calibrate an, a new grill, uh, some tricks that will work for you. One of the things that I like to do, especially on a gas grill, is I take uh, white bread. And I spread it uh, all across the surface of the grill, you know, an inch apart, make a, a grid of white bread. Uh, and uh, it, it will cook at different rates. And there's a picture of that on the website. You can see the right-hand side of the grill I'm demoing here uh, cooks a lot hotter than the left-hand side. So you got a hot spot, and that's nice to know, too. Now, uh, one of the points that I was going to make, and uh, one of the listeners in the chat room, Diane DeYoung, me, actually made it too. As you're mastering these temperatures, you're also going to have to keep into an account that every day isn't going to be like every other yeah. day past. If you are out there yeah. and it's 85 degrees and there's no mm -hmm. wind, blah, 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 it's going to be a different 225 or 325 that is going to be when it's 32 degrees below zero or it's mm -hmm. 65 and windy or there's raining. So there is uh, some type of a ramp up time. Probably good to get out and, and mix in some different weather patterns as well. Yeah, yeah. Wind. Wind is a big factor. Rain's a big factor. I mean, that's why it is uh, both a craft and an art. And uh, it's not as regular. I mean, indoors, you've got a thermostat. You've got you know pretty much temperature, wind, no rain control in there. Uh, but outdoors, it's a little more ragged, a little rougher. And that's a real good point your uh, listener is bringing up because uh, it can make a huge difference. And you want to get a handle on that, too. I use a cooking log. Um, I have just a, you know, a PDF. It also is up on my website if anybody wants to print out my cooking log. And I write down where I got the meat, what rub I'm using on it, when I put the rub on it, um, how long it sat at room temp, what temp the grill was at when I put it on or the smoker was at when I put it on, um, how long I cooked it, uh, did I open the vents uh, at a certain point, did I add more wood, and I just log what I'm doing, and I got a stack of these logs around here, and they they're really educational when you sit down and look at them. All right, so uh, as we're we're kind of wrapping up here towards the top of the hour, best temps for beef, pork chops, chicken. Well, um, you know everybody's taste is different, um, uh, but I am. Uh, uh, let's let's talk about I, I, again. I I really don't mean to sound like I'm plugging too much, but I do have a chart Go that I produced. Um, that shows what USDA recommends and what most chefs recommend um, uh, so that, you know, for example, USDA says cook your steaks to a minimum of 145 Fahrenheit and then let them rest for three minutes. At that temp, and actually I have some really cool photographs on this temperature guide that I did with a 
sous vide machine. I won't get into it, but it's a really precise control. And I took this big old uh, hunk of tenderloin and put it in the sous vide machine and took it up to 120 and sliced it off and photographed it. Took it up to 130, sliced it off and photographed it. And you can see these photographs. But at 145, you're really in the medium well, the low medium well to medium range. And I think you're beyond medium rare, which is, I think, ideally in the 125 to 135 range, depending on your taste. I shoot for around 130 usually, and um, uh, that's where I think a lot of the top steak chefs shoot for steaks. Um, there are tests that they do for tenderness. You can run a machine over a steak and puncture it, and it'll measure the resistance. It'll measure the moisture. And it seems that in that range, they're the most tender and juicy um, for pork, uh, pork steaks, uh, pork chops, USDA just lowered the temp for the first time in memory and said it's okay to get them off at 145. And that's a good number, I think. It's a little pink, a little cream colored, but it's most, more, much more tender and juicy than it used to be at the old temp. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of chefs will take them maybe to 140 or 135. That may be too pink for some people's aesthetic, uh, but those are good temps. But when it comes to burgers, when it comes to ground meat, when it comes to sausages, um, when it comes to poultry, chicken, and um, uh, turkey, you don't want to screw with the USDA temps. They are the temp that will kill bugs practically instantly. They want you to do them at the 160 to 165 range. Now, there's a but here. You can actually kill them all at 130, but you got to leave them at 130 for two or three hours. That's really hard to do on a grill. Um, we haven't got time to talk about that now. Maybe another day. I do have a discussion of that on my website. All right, let's uh, let me leave you with this, and I'm glad we have the the four minutes left. I was uh, conducting moderating a barbecue chicken roundtable for a backyard enthusiasts. Had nothing to do with competition, and somehow. We got into a conversation of, you know, leaving stuff out and, you know, at least from my very humble beginnings as a, a rookie barbecue guy, I was always told, you know, put the meat on the smoker as cold as it can go, better smoke ring and longer to build a smoke ring, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden somebody said, well, yeah, I don't mind leaving chicken out for hour and a half, two hours before it goes on the cooker. And after I shit my pants, I immediately thought of you. And I said, there's no way. So I immediately uh, went into the chat room and I said, is anybody else as skeeved out as I am about leaving yeah. raw chicken out for two hours? And yeah, you know, what do you... All the, everybody, no, nah, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother. I was the only one that was concerned for life and limb. So, as yeah. somebody who obviously is well tied into the FDA, and yeah. you're a KCBS um, judge, you've seen these competitions. I can't imagine it's probably probably too far fetched. Is this not the most absurd thing you've ever heard? The 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 issue is is that it is really hard nowadays to grow chicken commercially. Um, and keep salmonella out of there. They can, but it's hard, and you almost always ought to approach chicken thinking that there's a high likelihood and there's a risk. And um, one of the problems is is that after they pluck them, they dunk them in liquids, and there's contamination potential there. It can get into the muscle. So leaving it sit around for a couple hours 
microbes can multiply, they can double and triple in just an hour. It's really risky to do that with chicken. Now, steak is another issue. Steak, the contamination is E. coli, not salmonella usually. Yeah. It tends to be on the surface. Right. Um, you, as soon as you hit the hot grill, you kill it. It doesn't get into the meat. So I have less concerns, and a lot of experienced chefs will leave it sit out for a half hour, an hour to warm the interior. But I think it's highly risky, uh, and I wouldn't recommend that you let chicken sit out for an hour. Um, take it from the fridge right to the grill. All right. Well, uh, it's, 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 it's rare that on two separate occasions we actually agree on, uh, on two separate things. Uh, God, but luckily, we, we do. Fix this. I mean, we gotta we gotta start mixing it up a little bit more. Uh, it is uh, Meathead Goldwyn. He joins me every month. We have great conversation. I always appreciate the time, Meathead, and we will look for you again next month. My fun. All right, take care. There he is. It's Meathead. Amazingribs.com is the place to go uh, to check him out. Great conversation. Lots of in-depth stuff with thermometers, and then we got into cooking temperatures. I don't care what any of you people say. Leaving chicken out for two hours is freaking crazy. It really bothers me to no end. All right, first hour, as we wrap it up, we had uh, Chris Hart from IQ. Going to be down at the Jack Daniels next month. Tenth time in a row. He has wiped out the rest of his competition schedule leading up. He's going to focus on that. He'll have a few tune-up events, but that's going to be it. IQBarbecue.com is the place to go to find out more about Chris and the team. Then we had Derek Riches from BBQ.about.com. You want to be a pitmaster in the Philippines? Email him, guide.bbq at aboutbbq.com, or just email me. I'll give you this email address if you're interested. Six-month commitment, salary, room, board. Not a bad deal if you want to get out and see the Philippines, because who doesn't? I do. Then, of course, we had Meathead for the last hour. Amazingribs.com, the most heavily, heavily trafficked website. When it comes to barbecue and grilling, thanks to Kevin Bevington, OutdoorCookingChannel.com for the video feed, the Mothership, Barbecue Central Radio Networks, and the first hour also audio-wise on LA Talk Radio. And thanks to all the people in the chat room and on the audio side. Always appreciate you listening. Want to help you control the rusty grill grate population. If you have raw cast iron, guys, treat it after each and every use with some liquid Pam, spray Pam, some Crisco, let it burn back in as it's cooling down to keep it reseasoned. Avoid the rust. Once it's on there, it grows like the plague. Just my little helpful tip. Also, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And until I see you next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another jam-packed show, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.